What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. We are on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. That is accurate. Yeah. All um, these are true statements. Check make sure to go to Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's yep. where the magic happens, if you know what I'm saying. If you know what I'm saying. Are you saying that we post there? I'm saying that we interact and make posts there and we tag our sponsors and we have a great time and, and we do a magic show. Oh, that's new. Yeah, we don't actually do a magic show. I was going to say, I know a couple of magicians. <laughs> do you really? Uh, Like two. Real magicians? Not real ones. Like, they say they're magicians. <laughs> Performing magicians. Yeah. Illusionists. Yes, that would be a more accurate term. Uh, I think it is because I feel like if they don't actually pull a rabbit out of a hat then they're not a magician is that the requirement i don't know what the requirement is i feel like the requirement is to do the devil's work i think that's what the issue was back in the day ah, i see if they were like oh my god it's witchcraft i uh, i did see something weird the other day on like uh, i like those you know i love the the travel channel plays the most bizarre spooky stuff right because it, because they're like yeah check it out here's vacation homes in hawaii also ghosts. Right. I don't like... <laughs> do you think those two go hand in hand like people who buy homes are just really worried about ghosts and that's why Travel Channel's like, we got it. But no, because it's not the home channel, it's the Travel Channel. As I'm saying it, I realize, like, what are they doing? But then on Saturday all day, they just air like food trucks and right. my least favorite person on the planet, uh, Mr. Mayor of Flavortown, Guy Ferreira. Guy Fieri. I hate him. I love that guy. I hate that guy. He's so funny. I think the whole world hates that guy. And I don't. There's a stand-up comedian who does like two minutes where he's like, why does everyone hate Guy Ferrara? And uh, Guy Ferrari? Whatever his name is. And like he said, he literally has a national television show that he gives the screen time to local people with delicious food. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Still hate him. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, like, he's so altruistic. Like, hey, right. check out these local businesses. Like, really, and uh, honestly... And, like, they're all, like, really nice and, like, owned by, like, people with, like, crazy stories. Or, like, well, and the guy here in spring when he came and did it, the, the Kyushi Barbecue, that place owes everything to him. It was sitting empty, basically. He rolls through because it's Korean barbecue and sushi kind of all fused together. And from the second it got out that he came there, they had been packed non like you, you couldn't get a table for lunch there, let alone dinner. Um so yeah, it's a huge impact in the community, but I still hate him. Right. Still hate him. Still hate him. Anyway, there was a uh, there was a mysteries at the museum one time where it was like uh <laughs> it was like people uh this woman during World War Two in the forties, people were um coming back to the belief of like seances and witchcraft and stuff in England because all of their loved ones were fighting in a war and they wanted and they were just kind of people were losing people and people were seeking answers and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. So they went and saw this lady and I don't remember her name, but she was she eventually wound up getting herself hung for witchcraft. Ah, excellent. In the forties in England because during one of her shows she uh said she was channeling the passengers of a warship and everyone's like as far as everyone in England knew that warship was still floating in the ocean 
and then they found out like a week and a half later it had been sunk by a German U-boat, but no one knew for like two weeks except Whoa. her. Whoa. Yeah, so I don't know how she figured that out or what the details were there or it, maybe the spirits really did come to her, you know, whatever. But anyway, she got hung for witchcraft. In the 40s? In the 40s. That's pretty impressive. Anyway, I guess they, they keep something from like her show at one of the museums. And like that's the whole thing. They go and find like weird exhibits at weird museums. And then they tell the story. Anyway, uh, this is Nerdflix Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about seance and hanging. Yeah, that's a whole sport, bro. That oh. is a sport. You know who's undefeated? The courts. <laughs> They're all, everyone in <laughs> zero. I've heard, a, I've heard a joke before and it goes, it goes either way. And it's like, do you know how many witches they hung in Salem? And like the answer is either all of them or none of them. And either way, it's funny. <laughs> How many witches they hang in tame? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. Seems <laughs> good either way. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so we are going to talk today about the Rockets losing to Golden State both games. Uh, James Harden with his bloody eyeball. Oh, yeah. Draymond Green got a piece of him. Uh, he did apologize on the court, and I don't think it was intentional. And, and honestly, when you're competing in a playoff game and it's a clean incident and someone still gets hurt, you don't feel bad. Especially not in, not in a playoff series, like right. You're like, oh no. Whoever wins this is likely to be going to the NBA Finals. So yeah, you don't care. You don't <laughs> like. It's not happening. No, I'm not gonna feel bad for you. Um, and just like if it was the other way, they wouldn't feel bad. Like we wouldn't feel bad for them. Matter of fact, Steph Curry is playing with a broken or dislocated finger now, and I I don't care. That's fine. That's okay. Um, but we are gonna talk about the officiating stuff that's come up. Uh, we'll get to that next segment. But with, what, we got like a half segment here now? Yeah, we got like six minutes. Um, I want to talk about the Houston Outlaws. Oh. The Overwatch League. Oh. They uh, they stink. Oh. They stink real bad. Real, real bad. What are they, like negative 12 and 5? Okay, so the Overwatch League is divided into stages. Mm-hmm. So each season has four stages, and at the end of each stage is a playoff. And you win cash prizes for winning those mini tournaments. And then there's a league prize at the end of each season, which is from the fourth tournament. Um, your win-loss record carries through for the season. Um, but there's a, these four breaks are designed to, like, okay, if you're winning phase one, stage one, but then you fall off the map completely you at least got to play in a tournament and win some money for your players. I got you. That makes sense. And then, like, if someone gets hot later and they go on a run, they can catch up and they can, you know. Place well. and Right. Still get into tournaments and stuff. Um, so, season one, the Outlaws, I believe, were, like, they were the one or the two seed for stage one playoffs in season one. Since then, they have posted only losing records. In each stage since. Oh no! So in the last three stages of last year, and in the and then now in the first stage of this year, and we're in the second stage, and we just got eliminated from the playoffs for stage two already. Um. Oh no! Yeah. So Overwatch is uh, it's based in L.A. right now. The first year, all the teams were in L.A. Mm-hmm. The second year, all the teams are in L.A., but they've made some home some quote-unquote home trips. 
Uh, essentially, what they were doing was giving each team time to get situated in their city. So, like, because when the league is pitched, it's the team is going to provide housing and then also, like, a, a gaming arena for people to watch the game, the matches in. Uh, and then, obviously, you want some sort of, like, training space and stuff like that. And then you got to line up your sponsors and your promos and all that different stuff. you got to build your your infrastructure. So, in the first year, everything's in L.A., so you don't have to worry about any of that. But while the team is playing in L.A., you're, for example, if you're the Outlaws, you're in Houston, finding space, getting it built out, developing, you know, scouting, developing promotions, developing relationships for your sponsors and stuff like that. So, they've started doing these home trips. Well, this week they were in Dallas. Okay. Um, let's last week they were in Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Fuel, and the final match of the of the series of the of the whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday, was Houston Outlaws versus Dallas. That was the finale. Um, and we went we went over two that weekend. Coming into that weekend, we were three and zero against Dallas, which means they were one of the few teams we have a winning record against. And they at home they beat us. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> um, not a cool feeling. There were a lot of there were a lot of Dallas fans there. There were a lot of Houston fans there. It was cool to see on television. You could see the lime green of Houston and all that. Uh, also, they started airing some like HEB promo spots. I think HEB is like the main sponsor of the Outlaws now. Um, and so like that, you know, like it's cool. It's all starting to come together. It's very, very cool. Next year they're going to be here in Houston. I think you're going to see a lot of them in places, but like our team makeup is kind of broken a little bit. We are fundamentally the bulk of the team, I believe is Korean. And then there's one English speaking dude on the team. And that's our starting six is like, it's five Koreans in the sky. So that is how esports are based. How many Koreans play your game? They, well, it, well, there is well, and it is the way a lot of these teams are made up. Is is a large mix of it is, or you know, are Asians of different cultures or whatever. But they're communicating. Well, for whatever reason, our dude doesn't either know Korean or none of the Koreans want to talk to him in English, and so like. He just plays his Widowmaker, the sniper, and just kind of holds back and does his own thing, and the five of them play together as a team. Um, that seems like not everyone's contributing <laughs> equally. Well, even if he's doing a great job, like let's say it is working, like he is covering them and it is, but like there's no conversation. The other teams are calling things out. There's plays that happen on the fly. There's things that happen on the fly. When you have the ultimates, you, people use their ultimate combos together to work well. Uh, I was telling you about just the other day I played and some just a random team that's randomly put together by the computer. The two guys paired their ultimates together and they killed our whole team. And like when you do things right, it, it works. And then when you just have a guy out there winging it. Also, the coaching is kind of odd because they keep having people do just things that aren't necessarily like their best asset, like their best strength. Um so the the English speaker, the dude, his name is his his, and they use usernames. I love that. Like the jerseys have their usernames on them. Uh, it's Linkser, L A N K Z R, and the one map that we were doing great in, it's an escort map, and he's widow all the way through. So he's escorting the little payload through. Then we get right to the end, and uh, they have him change out. 
Thanks. The whole team gets killed. He changes out, and when they all come back, they lose, and they don't move it again, and they lose. Yep. I just I don't. When something's working, when something is finally going well, especially for a team that's doing bad, like you, you take those. Yeah, you take those. It's clearly overthinking if you go to adjust it at that point. Right. Like you're definitely just messing with stuff to. Hey, look what I did. I I I called the swap and it worked and we won. You're welcome. I don't know. It's frustrating to watch because it's you want you want to win, right? Also, the logo is really cool. Yeah, no, it's two six shooters and a bull's head. It's cool. pretty good. It's cool. All right, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more sports coming your way. This is Nerd Thug Sports. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. Hey, Nico, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about uh, Rich at RNA Sports. 3501 North Parasia. Look at that. Uh, one of the three addresses I know, because that is our sponsor, <laughs> RNA Sports. <laughs> Uh, no, but they got a, they got great, uh, they all kinds of sports memorabilia, all anything signed you would ever like, they got there. Uh, they got some wrestling stuff. They got all kinds of sports things. They got some pop culture things if, mm-hmm. if you're not exactly into the sports. They have sporting goods. They have some softball equipment that they have for sale. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, mention uh, Earthug Radio. Get 20% off a ticketed item. Correct. Uh, they got all kinds of stuff going on there. Uh, he's about to take part in a private signing. I believe Vince Young is going to be part of it. So if there's some stuff you want to get signed by Vince Young or if you're trying to get something signed, like an autograph Vince Young something, get in touch with Get in touch with Rich. Uh, do it like right now because he's going to be going up there this weekend. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on with Rich over there at RNA Sports. So make sure you yeah, check out their Facebook page. They got yeah. all kinds of stuff there. Auctions and raffles, all kinds of stuff. The other day he was giving away like an Alex Bregman bobblehead. Not giving away. He was selling it. You you and you buy entries and then a winner wins it. It's exciting stuff. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff going on though with uh, with RNA Sports. So make sure you like it. 3501 North Fraser. Uh, RNA Sports. Check the Facebook page. We always link to them. Check them out. All right. So this is the this is the big this is the big topic here. All okay. Right. Um. So last year in the Western Conference Finals, the Rockets played the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. and when they played the Warriors, they basically in Game Six, towards the end, Chris Paul got hurt. Okay. And then in Game Seven, no Chris Paul, and the rest of Game Six, no Chris Paul. So we wind up losing the series. Um, and everyone always says like, "Oh, healthy Chris Paul, we would have won." Blah blah blah. Uh, and it's possible, like, but that's not how sports work, right? Yeah. Um, we don't really deal in hypotheticals, right? Also, in the in Game Seven, in the fourth quarter, the Rockets went ice cold, and they missed. I believe it was twenty. It was either twenty one or twenty four three-point shots in a row from, like, late third through the fourth. Oof, brutal. 
it was actually unheard of. Someone statistically was saying like it's more likely that lightning strikes a Ferrari or something like like it's ridiculous. The odds of, the, of those percentage shooters missing that many shots was like it was it was astronomical. Ridiculous. It, yeah, it was crazy. It was it was bizarrely insane. But there was another issue at play. Um, there's been a change in the NBA rules recently, and they're trying to protect what's called landing space for shooters. Shooters jump into the air to make their shot, and when they land, something that certain defenders do, and it's it's considered a dirty play, and now it's considered a foul, is actually, while you're in the air, they come under your space, so you can't land clean. Um... It cost Kawhi Leonard uh, an NBA series uh, a couple years back, uh, and the San Antonio Spurs lost it. And people are like, "Oh, that was blah blah blah." It is. It is a foul, and it is. And it's regularly called that way. Okay. Uh, so it's so it's something that you know, people it, during the season it's called regularly. Okay. Right. Uh, now they were talking about the the. James Harden shot more free throws than anybody, and James, I think it was like 104 more than anybody. Uh, he had more four-point plays than anybody. I think he had something like 94-point plays for the season, uh, which is a foul on a three-pointer. Um, so the Rockets apparently put together data, hired some mathematicians, set some people down, did some research, did some looking into it, and they basically determined that... The referees missed, I, I want to say the number was like 70 foul calls over the course of the series. And in game seven, there was there were like four of the 24 missed threes mm-hmm. should have been called fouls. Um, so they gave that report to the NBA, I believe, prior to game one. And what they did so with the intention of trying to to get the refs to pay attention to it. They want that foul called. Right. Right there where the, where the story stops right there. What do you think? Uh, I think it's reasonable, but I think it comes back to like, oh, those are pretty big, you know, it goes back to like what we talked about during uh, the Saints playoff where it's like they missed an obviously really big, but it's like you're leaving the game in the balance of, Oh, if you would have called this foul, we would have won because we would have made it. Right. So you kind of have to let it, like whatever the final score is when it's over is what it is. Right. And I don't think the NBA, I don't think the Rockets wanted the NBA to reofficiate or anything. I think they just wanted to say, listen, you clearly wounded us one time with this. We now need to do something about it. I think, yeah, I think, I think not calling but like pointing out, I think is a good idea because it's like. Look at look at how many foul because like if you say that that's ten like over a seven game series that's ten a game that's a that's a lot of points on the board right you're right you're talking about potentially twenty free throws right potentially um so from that though there also then becomes the argument the NBA also does something where they release what's called the two minute report and in the final two minutes of a game they basically show all the missed calls and all the mistakes the refs make in the final two minutes. Um, I don't know that that's a good thing. I don't know that that, that helps That seems anything. like a really strange practice. Right. Um, and so, basically, 
when we lost game one, Steph Curry hit a three with like 45 seconds, 48 seconds. Mm-hmm. No, like a, we're still on the other side of a minute. He hits a three, and it's like 103-100 at that point, or 103-101, something along those lines. Um, well, they released in the two-minute report, they missed two foul calls on him that would have fouled him out of the game. He was playing with five fouls at that point. Nice. So if they'd have called either one of those missed fouls, he, he wouldn't he have, have been in the game to, to make the shot. The flip side, Mike D'Antoni and Chris Paul both were called for technicals during the game for complaining about foul calls. So those were two points that they gave to the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. Now where do you stand? That was two points. Well, man, that's hard to say because they clearly showed missed foul calls and they got technicals on complaining about foul calls. So that one seems a little bit like, really, you're going to give them a technical for something that they showed you missed? So you you think that even after they show the report, they should still keep complaining about fouls? Yeah, I think so, because it shows that you are missing things. And so if a player complains about something that is obvious, because like if I do something wrong and someone says, hey, stop doing that, and I, and I get mad that they're telling me what to do, what are they? They're just gonna look at me like I'm ridiculous because there's something I did wrong. <laughs> right. What you did was incorrect. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I do like that. Now here's the other part of it. The NBA for game two. The NBA ref for game two was Scott Foster. Scott Foster is the only NBA ref I've ever heard Mike D'Antoni or James Harden name check in the media. They both did it, and so did Chris Paul during the season. James Harden has only filed out of four games in his entire career. Scott Foster's NBA refed three of them. Oh, um, they during this season there were uh, James Harden got mad during something, and in the locker room called out Scott Foster to the media and was like, "The guy's just rude. He just he just ruined the game." Blah blah blah. He was the referee for Game Two of this series. And the media found out about the foul report coming out after game one loss. So the story day one is the fouls. The story day one night is Scott Foster has was already scheduled, but they released the schedule by game, was already scheduled to be the referee for game two. And he's known for being like aggressively calling fouls on James Harden and Chris Paul, according to the Rockets. Now what do you think? Oh man, this is why would they go, why do they got to do this to us? Right. Doesn't this it is, doesn't it kind of feel like a little like melodramatic, right? Like the story now isn't about game 2, it's about it's it's about the refereeing and the officiating and all that. They go through the whole game. The Rockets do lose, they lose by like 9. Um but it's again like there's just these things that keep coming up, right? Right. And like Okay, so I'm under these like how many games of basketball do you play in a in a year? 80, 82 before the playoffs. 80, 82 before the playoffs. Yeah. How many times has James Harden called out a ref? Right. By name, it's the only time that I can conceivably remember him ever doing it ever. I think that once you're being called out by name as a referee in a 
in a career like James Harden, there's got to be something. Well, and I do think that he is... There's the NBA has always been known famously for having like these sort of like star referees. Tony Crawford was one. Uh, Steve Javi works for uh, ESPN. He was one, and we'll t- we're going to jump back onto this when we come back. Uh, we'll start with the referees and we'll go back into kind of how this should all be called. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting. We got it. Well, it's too much going on, right? There's too many. That's why I'm trying to break it down this way right. to give it to you by steps. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. RNA Sports at 3501 North Frazier has sports collectibles and memorabilia for wrestling, pop culture, and sports. Interested parties should definitely check out their Facebook page where they hold auctions and hang out all the time doing fun events and placing items up for people to see. They also sell sporting gear, sporting gear and sporting memorabilia. So interested people should go to RNA Sports at 3501 North Frazier in Conroe. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. You are listening to us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. We are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And we are on Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Um, and make sure to check out uh, the podcast dropping at 6.01 p.m. That's true. And uh, I feel like that's everything I'm supposed to do there. Why don't you tell everybody about Cox ATA, Nico? Cox ATA, they got all kinds of taekwondo and other courses. They got two locations, one in Magnolia, one in Conroe. Yeah. Uh, they got all kinds of uh, self-defense or taekwondo, tai chi. Uh, they got classes for anywhere ages 3 to 93. They got tiny tigers. Right, yeah. So if you want to you know, get your kids some discipline, get them, get them into the art of martial arts. Which you know, it's a really great way to just build yourself up. If you want to get into shape, mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two whole free weeks of training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get a head start on your program and then uh, really get your get into it, you know, because uh, they build leaders. They teach life skills. They leave. A legacy. There are two locations, one in Magnolia, one in Conroe. Yep. Uh, make sure to check out the Facebook page. Uh, we always tag them and stuff. We always like it. They, they, they're, they're a really fun place. They're very community-oriented. I was just up there. Uh, I was just up there last night. They they got a lot going on. Nice. Uh, they got a. I hadn't seen it because I haven't been up there to that location before. And they've got these this great little like little. It looks like a fat head, like the the stickers that stick to the walls, mm-hmm. and it's I guess like the tiny tigers. It looks really. It's cool. That's looking. cool. It is. It's cool looking. I like it. Um, okay, so we're talking about NBA refereeing. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. We're talking about the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're talking about as the world turns, right? right? Like, this feels dramatic. It is. Um, it's very serious. It is very serious. It's just crazy what's going on today. Or, Okay, so as the story's unfolding, and I, and we left off where I kind of said that there, famously there, there were always NBA referees who had these sort of, that were known for personality. Just like there are now, there didn't used to be, but now there are Major League Baseball umpires who are known for things. And get into feuds with players, and and, and get into issues. 
uh, the NBA was sort of always known for that. There always were sort of these personality refs uh, from time to time. Uh, Tony Crawford famously, um, this is this is a crazy story to me. So Tim Duncan, I guess, went to argue a foul call or something, and Tony Crawford literally before Tim Duncan could say a word, teed him up. Don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Technical foul. So Popovich was a little surprised, but he wanted to defuse the situation, so he had Tim Duncan sit on the bench. So Tim Duncan goes and sits on the bench, and during within a couple minutes, uh, there's something going on, and Tim Duncan is laughing uh, while he's sitting there talking to someone else on the bench. Mm-hmm. Tony Crawford gives him a second technical foul and throws him out of the game. Oh, my God. And Greg Popovich loses it. Oh, yeah. Loses it. And, like, it goes out. Of, it, it, was, it was chaos for a minute, and it, I'm, I'm 99% sure both technical fouls got rescinded, if I remember correctly. Um, but so there's always been these, these things that happen, these moments between players and referees where things kind of just go sideways. And so Scott Foster is kind of known around the league. He just kind of has a little bit of a reputation of, of, and sometimes the calls he makes are out of position. So there's certain calls that are supposed to be made by certain players or certain referees, depending on where they are on the play. Mm-hmm. The referees are always on the baseline and they're always on the sides. So if someone's driving through the lane into the basket, there should be bodies all around them. So the referees on the sides shouldn't necessarily be able to see everything. The referee at the baseline, it should be all right in front of them. There have been times where Scott Foster will call an offensive foul on James Harden from inside there where he's on the outside on the sideline. And he's not the baseline ref. Okay. And so James Harden comes out of the scrum like, what? How are, how are you calling it? Why isn't he calling it? What is, like, there's all kinds of questions at that point. Um. And so some of them are ticky-tack. One of them was a there was an offensive foul one time that he called on on James Harden, where uh, somebody sets a pick at the half court. Okay, so James Harden is bringing the ball up, so he's not the guy setting the pick, and he's not the guy getting hit by the pick, and he kind of rubs against him as he rolls through, and he gets the offensive foul called on him. What? Right, he's not the guy initiating contact, and he's not the defender. He's the he's a third party on that play, and they and they call it. And essentially, he his forearm kind of jabs forward through everything, and so they he called it a push off. Nice, right, awesome. Like there's not a giant person standing there rubbing an elbow and a knee into the guy's side. Like the whole thing is just kind of okay. Right, and that's sort of the issue that that comes up sometimes with the NBA officiating, where you start to go, well, who's who's running this? Who's really in charge? And that becomes... You don't want it to become part of the story, but it started to. Uh, No, yeah. I'm just... So personally, I think refs shouldn't have, like... A ref should be recognized because it is a hard job and it's it's a very important part of the game. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have a name for yourself for being the sassy ref who calls people on stuff that you're not supposed to. Right. Or the take no guff ref. Right. Right. Uh, because you know what people call those? Lame. You shouldn't do that because... Well, they're not there to see you. No one, no one no paid one, money to see you. No. And 
the only thing you're going to do is catch heat from everyone because right. the people who are you're playing against are going to hate you because they think your team only won because of the ref. The team that the team that you called on is going to hate you because you gave the other team the point. You're going to get yelled at by it literally benefits no one. There's right. no one. You're doing right. it just for yourself. <laughs> right, because the fans don't want to see that. The fans don't want to see it. The media don't want to see it. It changes right. narratives. It makes people upset. <laughs> so now I'm going to add in a spicier ingredient. Oh, man, that's too spicy for me. It gets worse. So the Houston Rockets were playing the Dallas Mavericks. This is a while back now. This is going to be... I'm going to say this is somewhere between 04 and 08. Okay, it's kind of a big range, but all right. Yeah, because I can't quite remember the series. Um, Yao Ming, though. Okay, so a while ago. Yes. Yao Ming... Is big dude right. calling the wall of China, right? Big dude. He was known sometimes for being a little bit lazy or a little bit late in setting his pick on on plays. So sometimes he would still be moving when the pick started, and the refs didn't call it on him because the guy's seven foot six, and he might be a little bit slower than some of the other people on the court. Right, he's a giant, literally a giant. He might be a little bit slower than some of the people, maybe. Well, Mark Cuban is playing is is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and by like game four or five, he is exasperated, and he he is so upset about the moving pick situation. He's losing it. He's livid. He can't stand it, and so he turns around, and he makes a video of all the non-called moving picks from the series. He turns it into the NBA office, and news breaks like right before the game. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban has meeting in New York with NBA league office uh, in regards to officiating. Game 7, Yao Ming is perpetually in foul trouble, and I think we lost by like 20-plus points. Can't get anything going. Can't get anything going. Because every time Yao Ming even puts his hands in front of him to set a pick, they call a foul. Um, it was clearly, clearly because he pointed it out. Right. Now what's that dude you're thinking about everything? Well, I think there's already a precedent then. I think that if you're going to, if you're going to, if Mark Cuban... Uh, Shark Tank man can roll up on you and be man like... Man of the tank. Right. But it's because he's a billionaire. Um, that helps. Yeah, true. Um, but if he can roll up and be like, look at all these things you didn't call, and then in the next game they're going to change those the way that they're calling, then all I have to do, because I'm going to look at this like it's the court system, be like, you did it for him. Here's 70 calls you missed on our series last year. What the heck? <laughs> so then when the two-minute reports are coming out and they acknowledge they missed fouls and you, they acknowledge people are fouling out and then they give you Scott Foster game two. Um, now how do you feel about the NBA in the series? I can't help. I don't want to use the word favoritism, but it feels that way. So if you're the Rockets, you feel... Like the league is working against me, 
actively. Now, here's where some of that gets validated. Because right now, the way I've framed it, it's just Team A, Team B complaining, right? Right. So Rudy Gobert is the center for the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. the team we just eliminated. Yep. He said, man, sure looks like from home these guys are allowed to defend the Rockets differently than we were allowed to defend the Rockets. And he was talking specifically about he screenshot one of those threes where the where just where Draymond Green, Draymond Green doesn't give clearance for James James Harden to land. They were calling that in the Utah Rockets series. He thinks. So now, as a guy who a was eliminated by the Rockets, b is an active player in the league, and c should be rooting against the Rockets. Right. When he says that, now what? Now, oh, that how does that frame it for you? That that's like it's like cookie cutter. Like, if if the per, if the person that beat me, and I'm helping them out because the calls are so bad, like it just looks terrible for you, right? Because apparently his thinking is, well, if we could have done that, we would have won, right? If we'd if have we been could, if we'd we been allowed to do that, right? If we could cheat, <laughs> yeah. If we could if we could actively foul you and not get called on it, that'd be great. Right, and I, and you know what? It's funny you say it that way because that's essentially what it looks like, right? Right. I mean, it seems as though that's where we are. It seems like they're ignoring an active foul. Yeah, I, I think I think I think it's I think it's cut and dry, and it it hurts me because I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be two great teams competing for a for for a championship. Especially considering it looks like this is we are well matched because there were people who were like, oh, game one, they were close, but whatever, whatever. Game two, the Golden State's going to come out and show them what's up. And honestly, we, like, they never... Right. It's eh. not like we got decimated. It's not like we right. lost like 80 to 120. Like, right. Right. These weren't... These weren't uh, it's not a landslide victory. We didn't yeah. lose by 30. So to me, when we get to Houston, I think it'll be 2-2. And then we'll go back to Golden State for game five. And I think... How they call that game will determine the series, but also I, I I'm curious to see if they change how they call it because my personal opinion on all of this is that you have to call it consistently, right? If the Jazz players are noticing a difference, then there's a difference. If 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 the Mavericks can complain their way into a win at Game Seven then the Rockets should be able to show you, you cost us a series, you have to call this fair. They even showed the NBA that older refs are statistically less likely to call it than younger refs because it's a newer rule. Like, they showed a lot in their evidence. Uh, the NBA disputes their methods, is what the NBA says. Right. Um, I think you have to call it fairly, and I think you have to. I think you have to measure it the same way. And when you get these outside people saying stuff, I, you don't want it to look... There's already enough people who think the NBA is rigged. There's already enough people who think it, it goes this way because it's planned this way. That like seven people sit around and make devious plans. Like it's wrestling. Right. <laughs> and you don't want it to get worse. Like, Nico, there are like frozen draft ball theories and stuff like that. So like people knew which envelope to pull because it was cold, because it was frozen. So David Stern grabbed the right envelope to announce the New York Knicks had the number one pick. Like stuff like that. Oh. And I don't know if I want to go that far, but I nobody wants to go that far. That's silly. But when the NBA is putting Scott Foster on game two, literally after it comes out that the Rockets are unhappy with the officiating, after the Utah Jazz 
players complain about the difference in officiating, it suddenly all looks real bad. It, it suddenly gets a lot harder to defend. That's accurate. Uh, and on that, we're going to jump out of here. We got one more segment when we come back. We got Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. All right, what's up, Conroe? We are here for the final segment of Nerd Thug Sports. It's already over? Yeah, man, it just flies. The time flies when you're being cheated by the NBA. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Darn reps, never saw it coming. I just, I don't think it's, I don't think they're cheating us. I, I think it's just sort of one of those things like. I don't know. It sounds like they're cheating us. Oh. This is, this is why Houston isn't a sports thing, because we just keep cheating out of victories. We did just win a World Series. Yeah, not last year though. <laughs> that that is how sometimes like sports fans feel, right? Like, well, it wasn't it wasn't recent. It's like, well, two years, not recent enough. <laughs> right. We didn't win. We didn't win the NBA. We didn't win the World Series and the Super Bowl on the same year. <laughs> Garbage tier. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, and I don't. Th- I, you ever work something? Well, you don't. Uh, but like. Yep. I know. <laughs> But, like, when you work somewhere and basically... Well, this is my job. Right. You work somewhere, but see, this doesn't apply to you. When you work somewhere and, like, you're, you you just know your manager's going to do the worst thing possible. No, I did know that feeling. Shut up. <laughs> but, like... You worked with me. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, that's true. We did work there. We did we did work somewhere where literally it was the... Yeah, that's, a, that's true. But, like, you just know, like, okay, there's six options. Option one through three are, are good choices. Option four, I mean, that might just be the best thing to do, but no one's going to be happy. Option five, eh, option six, this would be the dumbest thing we could possibly do, and it's going to cost everybody a lot. We're doing that one. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. And I think that's kind of what's going on in the NBA here. I think they're just a little, I just think they're out of touch. I think they're not, I don't think they realize it would play like this nationally. Because internally people feel certain ways about certain things, right? Like, right. So I'm sure the NBA, because all they hear about is probably just officiating. And then when they go back and look at stuff, they're like, well, I mean, it wasn't so bad. Right. You know, five or six calls. Right. I think these last two-minute reports are a bad idea. I think they make things just look worse. I yeah, no, that's that's a that's a that's an accurate statement. I, I don't know that when you said that I was like, why would they do that to themselves? And they and they do it every game. Right. Every single game gets a final two minutes. That's so dumb. And so basically it's just like here's all the things that could have changed the outcome of the game you were trying so hard to win. Thanks. I'll uh throw myself into the sea now. I'll see you next week. Yeah, I, I they're trying to be transparent, but I don't know that it's Transparency doesn't help when you're the one that looks bad. Nice. <laughs> Not, you know, every once in a while you drop a little nugget, and, and that's, yes, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't make anyone feel better when you're the one who walks in and goes, guys, what I got to tell you is, yesterday, 
I should not have. I should not have burned the house down. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool, thanks. Right. So I was watching Lost in Space on Netflix, and we won't get into the whole thing. But by the end of the first season, the kid essentially feels like a plot device. He just keeps making the worst choice possible. Like the last three episodes, all kinds of stuff is his fault. And you're just like, well, you're. You're kind of the worst. You're kind of the dumbest kid on the planet, and like they keep telling literally them, on the planet. They're yeah, in some other right. planet, and literally, and, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and like people keep going, like, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay." And in my head, I'm like, "No, it's not. Like everyone may die, and people are dying, and they like, no, no, it's not okay." When you're literally the dumbest person on the actual planet, <laughs> like watching it, I was like, "He's gonna he oh." It's uh, like Carl in the early uh, seasons of The Walking Dead. You're like, come on, kid, do <laughs> something. How many more times are you going to get yourself shot, stabbed, or zombie bit? Like, really? Get your life right. Get your life right. And then he's he's dead now. Now he died. Yeah. Very sad. Um, Big sad. I don't even know. This is a very traumatic I'm not even scene. to his death. I don't even know how he dies. I don't even know what He gets is. bit by a zombie. He does he? Yeah. How does... Ugh, whatever. If you make it past like the second week of zombie apocalypse, you should never get bit by a zombie. He was saving someone. Nope. He was saving a doctor. Nope. All right, then. Nope. Not even a little bit worth it. Oh, are those zombies? Are they eating the doctor? Later. Bye. Bye. It's time for the dog. Bye. Just wear body armor. Or or just avoid the zombies. Right. Like Just be covered in spikes. I don't, I don't get it. All right, before we get too much further, I'm going to tell you guys about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more on 1480, on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. they got comics, games, and everything nerd-related. The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. Uh, on Saturdays, they alternate between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. they got schedules posted. They always kind of notify you what's going on there. They just did their first parents' night out, uh, which essentially is you bring the kids by. There's stuff set up for the kids to do. You pay some money, the kids hang out there. You get to go do something, come back, grab your kids. You have to come back and grab your kids, though. That's the rule. Uh, can't you just leave them there? <laughs> right. Cosplay crafting, uh, trivia nights. they got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, they just started doing their Adventurers League, which is like official Dungeons & Dragons. Ooh, that's fun. Uh, on Sundays. they got all kinds of stuff going on. So get, you, get yourself down to the Adventure Begins on 1488. They are still limited time I've been saying it it will run out I'm not just saying that to try and create a need he told me a specific date where they will stop but you can still get a box for 10% off for as long as you have it for as long as you take care of it as long as you take care of your box if you feed it water it and sing to it so it grows you get 10% off you will get 10% that's right you stop doing that and there goes your money well there goes 10% of your money (laughs) yeah 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 that stuff adds up bro it does add up. It adds up real fast. 10% is a big deal. 10% is enough to make it worthwhile. Right. Um, so get out there to The Adventure Begins on 1488, where The Adventure Begins. Did you do that yourself? I did. Nice. I did. It's real good. I did. Thank you. Um, so we talked about the draft before it happened. Yep. And we said, uh, we made some predictions. Mm-hmm. And I said... If the Arizona Cardinals take Kyler Murray number one, they obviously are going to trade Josh Rosen. Yep. And if they get less than a first-round pick for Josh Rosen, it's a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. They got a second-rounder. Heavy shrug. Like, I'm not even surprised. I, if, if Kyler Murray's your guy... Then Kyler Murray's your guy. Get it. Got it. Great. 
here's how I think you cover this. If I'm a general manager and I can't get the pick that I need to look smart, I take players. Yeah. So, like, Miami is the team, right? So, Miami, they don't have any good players. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that they've got a bunch of people. But instead of just getting a second rounder who might turn into a player, I would send Josh Rosen to Miami, and I would take, like, a third or a fourth rounder, but then, like, three players. And that way... Like, I got, like, four guys. Right. Instead I got, like, of maybe one. Right. Exactly. And that way, I can at least and tell knows, people... And that third or fourth may also be another one. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to for sure draft somebody, and I know what I'm doing. I'm definitely going to draft a good player. you got to trust me. It takes three or four years to develop, so by that time, you're going to fire me anyway, and no one will really know, and I'll never get credit for what I do right. Kind of not fun to be a general manager sometimes. But... Everyone knew you were going to trade Josh Rosen, and you were, and he was taken tenth last year. So he went from a top ten pick last year to the second round just by being on your team. <laughs> like that's not that's not a that's not a good no that's a bad. So you got to trade. I would have traded for him, and I would have gotten players back if I can't, if I Miami's like I'm not. There's no way you're getting a first rounder for Josh Rosen. Okay, cool, cool. That's fine. That's fine. Give me like six guys though. Yeah, let me get some players then. Let me go through and just look. I'll take some backups here and some at least then I'm stacking my roster and it's like, okay, now I can focus on the draft with my other picks because I filled other holes. Right. At least now I can it helps refine everything. Right. You're not gonna get, you know, the gravy for, you know, just one guy that got taken tenth last year who didn't do anything this year. Right. That's not how that works. But you can fill holes in your team because not everyone you're gonna draft is gonna be the sauce. Man, look at you. Look at you. Um, interesting enough, all three, uh, three of the four top rookies now from last year's draft are in the uh, AFC uh, North or in AFC East, I suppose, with the Patriots. There you go. The Jets have Sam Darnold. Josh Rosen now is in Miami. And then Buffalo took uh, Josh Allen, the other one. Oh look, it's like they're all going together again. So it's all it's three rookies and Tom Brady. How pumped is he? <laughs> just next year just gonna slap everyone. Right. And he was like, Last year you guys were miserable and it's gonna stay that way. Forever. T Brady in the easy <laughs> Like like Oh no, yeah. They have changed it's, it's funny. I was looking at their record last year and I was like, they really have a better record than anyone else by like nine. Right. Like the next highest person the next highest the next highest record is like Seven and like four or five. It's because the team like, and I'm like, what is this? They're not going to win with rookie quarterbacks. But the thing of it is, is they keep changing out coaches and and general managers and and quarterbacks, and it's a mess. He's just he just he automatically gets six wins every year. You're (laughs) spotting him, okay, maybe not six. You're spotting him four and a half wins every year, (laughs) just by being so dumb in your own division. Um, That's what happens when you put a lion in just the middle of just a bunch of chickens, just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, he's like they're running around, not knowing what to do, and then there's just Tom Brady, <laughs> just Tom Brady being a champion. All right, man, we're gonna get out of here on that. We got a uh, we got all sorts of stuff coming your way. Make sure to check out the podcast dropping at six oh one p.m. Go to facebook.com backslash nerdsug radio. Go to the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash nerdsug radio. Join the T-shirt of the month club every month, a brand new T-shirt. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and everybody have a great week. Nico, Corey, later. <laughs>